You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. But anyway, we really appreciate being here. Pastor John, Pastor Karen, letting us come and stay. What a, what a privilege. We're staying with uh, Bonnie at their house, and David, it's great. You guys are just like a welcome home family here. It's just been so much fun to be here. We're just, and we got, we got Jamie in the front here from our hometown. We actually hail from New Creation Church. Robin and I, my wife, please stand up. Everyone that doesn't know my wife, this is my wife, Robin. Yep. And so we obviously do this together, and she's the one that helps me make up for all of my mistakes when we were in the class yesterday. She picked up on all the little pieces that I was missing, and I'm like, and I, I missed that, didn't I? She goes, yeah, you missed that. And, so she picked up on all of it, and we took care of it. But uh, anyway, I really appreciate being here. This, you guys are wonderful. It's fun to be here, and um, we're going to d- dig right into this. But I want to tell you something really quick. When Ms. Laura was talking about the, uh, um, the shindig you all are doing. Did you know the word ministry, when you go back to the Greek, it's actually the word serve? Yeah, so if you want to be in a ministry, you want to be in a ministry at your local church, find a place that God can engage you. And it might be starting out with where the kids are at. It might be starting in some place so that you can begin to get a feel of what God has called you to do. You know the word call. When God calls you, and this is not in the notes today, but when God calls you, he's actually invited. It's a personal invitation from heaven to participate in what God has for you and for somebody else. So he's called you to ministry, or he's called you to serve. A personal invitation from heaven to serve your community. So we better get started on something else, or we're not going to go there. So, but um, anyway, I just, I really, uh, I guess the reason I bring that up is because, first off, it's not just a matter of a job. It's a matter of you activating what's inside of you. Luke 4.18 says you've been anointed to do this. You've been anointed. There's something in you that's special about that. We need to identify it, and God will help you identify it, and so we can find places to do that. But um, my focus, my, where Robin and I come from, we're, we're, we, have, we evangelize, but we, we're also, my, my background, my, my, my roots of who I am, I'm like into victory. I'm like into salvation. I'm like into like glory. It's like swords and things, and, you know, let's go conquer something. And the reason is, and here's, here's, it's not just because it's just a manly thing, it's because I remember where God brought me from and where I am today. Did you know there's a place that we've all come from and the place that we're going and the place that we are now, but the place where God, you're not where God wants you presently and you're not where you used to be and you're not where you're at yet, but where we are, we are not where we were. Does that make sense? Did we catch up on that? Okay. Because where you're going, God has a whole new plan for you than where you are now and where you were. And we can first off be thankful that we are not where we were. And I remember what it sounded like when God pulled me out of that place. And it sounds like that when you got your boots stuck in the mud. That's exactly what I heard in my spirit, man. The day God pulled me out of that place where I was and I'm no longer there anymore. So that's where the victory comes. That's where this, this growl comes. I'm like, I want that for everybody. And I'm thankful for it in my life as well. So I don't, I don't mean to come at you like that, but I'm going to come at you like that just a little bit because I want the same thing for you all. If you know where the book of Jonah is, turn to the book of Jonah. I'm going to give you a chance because it's over there by Micah and it's over there by, it's a little small book. It's only four chapters long. I'll give you a chance to find that. But uh, we do, Robin and I, are our full focus 
is on victory in people's lives. It's, a, it's, it's establishing and experiencing what God has for you. And inside of, uh, inside of a Christian spirit, man, inside of each and every one of you, there is a place that we are designed and we're built, and there's a yearning and a, and a, and a, a desire to talk to people about Jesus, believe it or not. Just talk to people. You're, you're made for that. You're yes. made for it. Yes. Your salvation created that in you. And that's what the world's looking for, what you have in you. And that's why the world is in such a demise that it is. It's because it's searching for something, and it's found in each one of you. Because you have the life of Christ in you, that's what they're looking for. And it's, believe it or not, it's yours, free to give away. Amen. Give it all away, and you'll have 100% still left with you. Do you mind the book of Jonah? We find it? Okay. Book of Jonah. I'm going to tell you a little story about, we, we were, she was talking about the kids' school, and I'm like, right up my alley. Because I remember the book being told, the story of Jonah, when I was a kid. And I, it was just fantastic, you know. I never thought much about it. And not very long ago, the Lord downloaded something about Jonah that I wasn't catching on to. And it wasn't because it wasn't taught to me. It's because it became personal to me. Jonah became personal to me. I mean, we've all got somebody personal in the Bible. You know, you've got the Paul, the Damascus story. You've got this. You've got we've all got a Joseph or a Job or something like that. And I, I really relate, i got to take a deep breath. I really got to relate to Jonah. And so what do we remember about Jonah? We remember the whale, we remember this, we remember that. But today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down, and we're going to just, we're going we're to cut right through the middle of the book of Jonah, and I'm going to show you some things about, first off, who I came from in the book of Jonah. But I'm hopeful, and I'm very confident, that somewhere inside the book of Jonah, we're going to find a place we can put our name in there. And it's not a matter of just a whale of a story, okay? It's a matter of what did God do and where am I supposed to be going? What is it that God has in store for me? And that's why, you know, I was asked uh, uh, yesterday, he says, what's the title of your sermon tomorrow? I said, oh, I actually did write it down, but I forgot what it was. Where is Nineveh is, is the title of this. Where is Nineveh? Does anyone know where Nineveh is? Where's Nineveh? It doesn't sound like much of a thing, does it? You can't even hardly spell it. Where is Nineveh? And I'm going to give you a little ge geographical explanation of it. Jonah lived in the town of Joppa, okay, right here. Nineveh was over here 500 miles away, okay. Now, Tarshish was where the direction that he was, he was disobedient to was 5,000 miles away, <laughs> okay. So get the map in your head when we tell the story. This is what it looks like. Joppa is where he lived, down by Jerusalem, Nineveh, inland, okay? Remember what I just said. Inland from Joppa, 500 miles, plus or minus. You know, I didn't go walk it off. 500 miles, but, but Tarsus was 5,000 miles away. So we've all remembered the story of Jonah, so things are starting to click already, aren't they? Okay? So let me, let me break this down for you, and let's get right into it. In Jonah 1.1, I love, you know, you start opening up the scripture, and just, it just literally comes off the pages to you. It says, Jonah 1.1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatita, Amatia, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city. A great, even God calls it a great city. But at the same time, you notice, God has created a call in Jonah's life right there. He's establishing something and saying, I have something in mind and in store for you and for a great city. So great city means two things. When the definition of this really means two things. First off, it's important to God. And it was a very, very large city. We're going to look at it a little bit later. It's actually 60 miles 
It says in extent. That's how wide Nineveh was. 60 miles wide. That's how big it is. Okay, how big is the valley of Gunnison? I'll let you think about that. Okay, arise and go to Nineveh and cry out against people for their wickedness, for it has come upon me. Jump down to verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish, 5,000 miles away from home. Anyone catching on where we're headed yet? From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. Underline this in your Bible. So he paid the fare. How many times have we spent our resources going the wrong direction? And we're only on verse 3. Okay? And he went down to it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence. He ran from God. Now, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, we're going to, my name fits in here. Everywhere it says Jonah, that's where Nate Lee's name fits. Running from Jonah. I remember running from God. I mean, I was running as much go as I could go. I was running from God. I, I remember that. Okay? And it did cost me. It cost me a lot. And I paid the fare, and it was not a hazy fare. You see where I'm going. But I want you to understand something. Running from God. We're going to establish that. Running from God. When the call has been placed on your life, he told Jonah, I have something for you to do. And the first thing he did was run. Instead, we're like, what do you have for me, Lord? The place of obedience. Okay, we're going to, the, the whole focus behind this day is going to be focusing on when God has called us into something is to answer the call. Yesterday, I gave the explanation. Obedience. When you are in a place of obedience, when you accept the call, when you accept and say yes, you are literally stepping from a place of where I was, and when you step into that place of obedience, right in this slot is where the grace comes. You're standing over here, and you're waiting, God's called me to go do help out at the kids, or go do this, or go that, and I'm waiting for the grace to occur here. But you see, Paul didn't walk on the water with one foot in the boat. We got over here into two places and said, I... Have chosen to obey you, and this is where the grace occurs. And and Jonah was like, uh-uh, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. It's a matter of obedience there. Verse down, go down to jump down to five. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo out of the ship to the sea, lighten the load. <laughs> Get a load of Jonah. <laughs> it cracks me up. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship, laid down, and he was gonna take a nap. Isn't he the one that caused all the wreck? He's ignoring what is happening to those around him. I'm guilty of that, was. Something was going on, and something was in disarray. Let's just put that politely. Something was in disarray, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on around here. Y'all are upset, I got that, but you guys pray about it. Jonah was taking a nap. Jonah went down and took a nap while all the other outside, all the other people that he was associated, people that were around him were in panic because of Jonah's actions. And I'm guilty of this. I'm not going to point my finger at you. I'm guilty of, was guilty of, my actions affecting those around me. And I didn't, it, didn't, it didn't grab onto me. It didn't dig his claws in until the Lord really downloaded this to me not long ago Again, it wasn't Sunday school time. It was like, let me show you what came from. And this is where it's called, we talk about having a testimony. Okay, I remember that. Jonah just totally ignored what was happening around him. So let's go over to verse 9, 1-9. And he said to them, 
<laughs> this is great. And he said, this is Jonah talking. And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew. Literally he says, I'm a Christian. <laughs> so he's hollering out to the people that, he, the, the, that all this is going on. I'm a Christian. Can you see the picture? It's like, and, and, I, and I did this. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm a Christian. Me and God. It's like, why is this happening? And he's exclaiming, I'm a Christian. And all the people are going, what's going on around us? He says, I'm a Christian. I'm a Hebrew. And the fear of the Lord, and I fear the Lord. I go to church. I give money in the bucket when it goes by. Who made the sea and the dry land? You see, we get to a place where we totally ignore what our actions have caused, and we think if we just turn our back to it, it's going to go away. But it's not going away, is it? It's not going away. Go down to 10. And then the men were exceedingly afraid, and they said to them, What have you done? Why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord. You know, it's really funny. Thank God for wives. That's like the Holy Spirit walking around your house. Like, hey, you know, we got to talk about something. <laughs> what's, you know what's going on right there? Okay, that's what's happening right here. What have you done to this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Go down to 12. And they had said to them, pick, he said to them, pick me up, throw me in the sea, and the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Jonah recognizes, finally come to the revelation of this is what's causing all of the commotion. A revelation of the cause has not become a revelation of what we're doing about it, though, has it? He came to a revelation of I'm, in, I'm the one that's caused this. So he says, I'm the one that's doing all of this. Just throw me over the sea. Throw me over the boat. Go down to verse 14. Then he cried out to the Lord. These are all the people, all the other mariners. And they said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And we do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased you. So everything going on around them, everything that was associated with these mariners, they're like, we know this is the fault. We know this is where the problem's at. And it's not a matter of you know, people calling out fault. That's why you have Christian brothers and sisters. We talked about a little bit about yesterday, and, and you have, and I remember back at our church also, it's about having enough crazy friends to come up and say, you know what, I can see something going on in your life, and I'm sure it's probably causing a few waves. <laughs> and it's just a, and this is where literally the Bible talks about speaking the truth in love, not condemning in love. There's something going on, and I can see it showing up in your life. I can see it here, and I want to help you with it. And so instead of charging, instead of having a charge of condemnation, it's a matter of helping them with their own personal conviction. Okay, go down to uh, uh, 117. I love, this is, if I could pull out one single verse from this whole story, I love this verse. 117. It says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. You think about that, big old whale, big old fish. They could call it a whale. We've always called it a whale in Sunday school, whatever you want to call it. It says it's a great fish. You want to see a perfect example of God's mercy. He says he sent a great whale to capture Jonah and to hold him. It's just like a kid when it's flailing. He's out of control. God's mercy, even in, his, even in Jonah's disobedience, God prepared a way for Jonah to get out of that situation. He captured him, and he held him. He says, we're going to have a little talk, son. We're just going to have a little powwow here. Okay? God's mercy, even in our disobedience, God's mercy is exposing everywhere we go. But see, Jonah doesn't look at it like it was, it was mercy. 
He's, got, he's about to spend three days in a whale. He's like, oh, my gosh. My, yeah, my, my whole life's come down around me. And God's like, I've done this to protect you. Because if they threw you overboard, what was about to happen next? He says, I've actually prepared a way for you to get out of what you got yourself into. Your disobedience, I've prepared something. I even knew it was going on. I said, well, come over here. Sit right there and wait for Jonah. And God does that for you and I. That's how merciful of a God we serve. How merciful. We, you can run at a great rate of go away from God, and he's chasing right after you. Chasing right after I have given God a million reasons not to love me, and not one of them has changed his mind. Not one time has he ever changed his mind on how much he loves me. Verse 2, or chapter 2. We're going to skip right on down to verse verse 9. Jonah's in the whale. We got that. I'm going to skip over that part. He says, but I will sacrifice to you. This is Jonah's talking now, or this is what's going on there. With a voice of thanksgiving. Man, we were worshiping this morning. I'm like, all I could think of was the word precious. Just precious. How precious my Savior is. How precious my salvation is. How precious. And he's just so lovingly standing before us. And he'll make the way where there's no way. Jonah's in the middle of a whale. And he's like, there's no way out of here except the wrong way. Okay? He will make, that's like giggle, yeah, you're right. He will make a way. And I'm like, God, that was so precious. Jesus didn't exit the tomb the same way he went in. He will make another way when we think there's no other way. Verse 10. Oh, I want to finish on 9, sorry. There's three things associated with this chapter, verse 9. Okay, I want you to write them down. Three things in 9. Thanksgiving. Repentant and contrite heart, that's a big one, and rededication. Three things. We know what the number three is, wholeness, completeness, perfection, and what I like, the, one of the best definitions is fulfillment of a subject or a plan. The number three, fulfillment of a subject or a plan. Fulfilling a plan. God wants to fulfill a plan in your life. It took three days for Jonah. It may take time in our life where God wants to fulfill something in your life. He wants to fulfill it. But there's a period of time where he wants to reckon with us. Is that a reckon word? Reckon? He wants to reckon something. He wants to come back to that place and establish what was lost. Because Jonah was in disobedience, and so God had prepared a place for him to hang out while we reconciled with each other. Because there's a whole other plan on the other side of this thing that Jonah didn't see. Okay, so we've changed this thing from the little story time thing, haven't we? Okay, verse 10. So the Lord spoke to the fish. Oh, man. Man. How glorious a day. When God says, that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time. I'm just, I remember sitting underneath the, the hand of my, a big a friend of mine that helped deliverance and some different things in my life. He's got a big old hand, it's like a plate. <laughs> <laughs> Set it on my head. And I'm just like, how glorious the day when God said, that's enough of what's going on in my son's life. We are stopping this now. 
Same thing. God says, Jesus, it's time to get out of the tomb. We've got things to do. It's time to go. It's enough. And God had enough. And it wasn't because he was angry. He wasn't angry. If he was angry with Jonah, he would let him drown. He was in love with Jonah. He didn't let him drown. He set him up for success right there. He says, okay, enough. Enough of this. We've got the Thanksgiving. We've got the, the um, repenting and trite heart. And we've got the rededication. You've, you've come back. All right, let's move on forward. And the word says, then the, the great fish vomited him out. And when you look at the description of that, and I'm not trying to get ugly about it, but just think for it. The word vomit, it literally means to expel with great force. Expel with great force. It's time to move forward now. Great force was occurring. Great force was occurring. And he says, he made the fish expel with great force Jonah. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the place that God has? It's like, dun dun dun. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And what were the three things that caused that? Jonah's heart. It's all based back in what Jonah's heart was. It says he expelled with great for- He set him up for success is really what he did. Yeah. Set him up for success. Go down to verse, uh, uh, chapter 3. I'm going I'm to expedient this just a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying to be honorable at the same time. So uh, let me finish something on 10. I, I apologize. 2.10. So the Lord spoke the fish and vomited him out. And here's the great thing. Onto dry land. Onto dry land. So Jonah was out on the sea. The sea was getting all a little stirred up. They threw him out of the water. Out into the water. The fish swallowed him up. He was on a journey 5,000 miles in the wrong direction. And he, the, the, the word says that God made him vomit him up onto dry land. So the fish had to come up, put him on the dry land. Here's the key behind it. Here's the part that I like about this. You see, God didn't just puke him out onto the water and said, Dog paddle yourself right back to shore, young man. <laughs> he said, Put him out onto dry land. Put him out on dry land. He set him up for success even after Jonah had disobeyed him. He'd gotten to a, 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 a repentant, contrite heart, and God says, okay, I got this. I'm going to set you up. We put him out onto dry land. He didn't have to get his feet wet. Now, he probably smelled like fish, but he didn't have to get his feet wet. We get in a place, we get in a place of a repentant heart. Think about this. This is, this is heavy right here. If you really let it, it'll be heavy. You get in a place with a repentant heart of our place of disobedience, God will set you up for success that quick. That quick. He will set you and I up for success, headed back in the direction that you and I had started, he'd started for us. Okay? Verse, uh, uh, chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your mercy in my life. God says, hey, Lee, let's go try this again. I'm like, okay. Let's go try this again. One more time. God still wants to fulfill his plan in your life. But there's another key to it. He doesn't just want to fulfill the plan in your life. He wants to fulfill the plan in your life for others. There are others, and we're going to get to that. Your life, the things that God has for you, is not just something that we consume and make it our own. It is for somebody else. So He not only does he have a plan for you, he has a plan for others through you. Through you. 
not just for us. Okay, three, and instead of, uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He says, rise and go to Nineveh. Let's try this again, son. Let's go back to where we started. I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city, or very important to me, and preach the message that I gave So Jonah rose, went to Nineveh. According, now, let me ask you this question. The fish put him out on the dry land. Where? I looked it up on a map. The closest place that a great fish, a whale, the closest place that a whale could get to Nineveh was 464 miles away. Closest place, as an arrow flies. 464 miles away is Nineveh. And where, I'm just guessing, okay, I'm not rewriting the Bible, I'm guessing. The closest place is 464 miles away from Nineveh. You're all thinking now, aren't you? I did the math for you already. 464 miles away. But look what it says in verse 3. So Jonah arose, where the whale spit him out, arose and went to Nineveh according to the word. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey. That's how big it was. You know, a, a, a journey. A journey is 20 miles. When you look at the Bible. In the Bible times, they would, they would journey some direction. And generally speaking, you could walk 20 miles in a day. Sun up to sundown. You stayed after it. You didn't stop at Starbucks. You could go 20 miles in a day. Okay? So it was 60 miles in extent. It's telling you how big the city is. Okay? And here's, here's the key. Remember I said 464 miles? Look at verse 4. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. 464 miles away. Yeah. Let that be puzzlement to you. I don't know how it happened. I'm not here to tell you I know the answer because I didn't figure that one out. But what I do know, what I do know, when we're in alignment with what God has for us, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Even 464 miles in one day's journey. I don't know. I, I, I tried my darndest to give you the answer to that. I really did because I wanted to figure it out. But when the, when the, when the fish spit him out on the dry land... 464 miles. It says he went there the first day's walk. He got there. God is excited to accelerate you in the place that the plan that he has for you. Even 400 miles away. He's like, I got this. Let's catch up to where we were. And see, that's just it. When, when we get into that place of that repentance, God's like, accelerate. Let's get back up to where we're supposed to be. So time doesn't transcend it. That's, that's not, does it, whatever age we are, we were talking about age, and people were, I was having a conversation with somebody, I'm this old, I'm that old, and things have not happened, this has happened, and I missed the boat on this, and I missed the boat on that. Uh-uh. God can fix that 464-mile problem. God says, you know what? I got this. I don't, it doesn't matter how old you are, how much time we spent in the belly. It doesn't matter. I can fix this. Because what happened in the, in the second time when God spoke to him? Jonah obeyed. It's inside of obedience that the miracles occur. It's inside of obedience that the place God has to expand your horizons. Inside of that place of just saying yes. And what we're afraid of is so we're saying yes over here in our own control or our own opportunities or our own powers. But when we step over here and say, yes, I believe you, in faith I choose to believe you, that's when the grace covers you just like a mantle. Right there instantly under that obedience. Okay? Let's go to three, where am I at? Three, four. Jonah entered the first day's walk. That's actually, and I did the other math for it, 151 hours worth of walking if you did it 20 miles a day. 151 hours of walking. Just math. 
while, while God was, while Jonah was in a place of disobedience, while God, Jonah was wandering about and, and coming to recollection with God, here's, this is the other thing that God's mercy was showing me in the story. He said, not only did he send a great fish, how far away from Joppa did Jonah get? I don't know. But God just takes that little fish and says, okay, let's, let me get this thing all back to where it's supposed to be. God's plan for Jonah, Jonah had no idea, but God's plan for Jonah was in the works all the time. He didn't see it coming. And you and I may not see everything going on. And that's actually a good thing because I was talking with David about that the other day. He said, because we, if we know what God's plan is for our life, we're going to help him. Yeah. <laughs> if we knew what his plan was, we're going to help him, aren't we? Especially I'm a guy. I'm like, I fix things. And God gives me a plan. I'm like, okay, let me add to that. That's why he doesn't tell you the plan. He doesn't tell you the plan. But all the while, Jonah's in the belly of the fish. He, he was first off in disobedience. God didn't tell him, okay, in three days I'm going to do this and this and that. Huh. He doesn't tell us the plan for a reason because he doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our help. What he needs is our obedience. He needs our obedience. <clears throat> so good. Verse 310. 3.10. Then God saw the works. He was talking about uh, Nineveh. He saw the works because Jonah, what had, what had happened now, Jonah had gotten to the town on the first day. He'd come inside. He went one day's walking. He went 20 miles in. And he says, listen, y'all, because you're in disobedience, I don't know what that looks like. I still smell like fish. Because you're in disobedience, God's going to destroy your city. And it says the whole city came under that. And when the king found out about it, he said, we're going we're to declare a fast. And you guys know a little bit more about the story. He says, God was merciful to Nineveh. Did you know inside each and every one of you is a place where you can bring the word or bring uh, not just the warning, but you can bring the mercy and the grace and the love of God to your sphere of influence around you that says, hey, y'all, let me tell you something what God wants to do for your life. Yes, yes, yes. And it's at your fingertips. Your Gunnison Valley is sitting right here waiting for you, and we're like, you know, I think I'm just going to go to Tarshish today. And God's like, oh, man. All right. Give me another fish over here. He's just got them all lined up out there in the ocean just waiting for everyone to show up. Okay, this one's got my name. This one's got your name. I'm kidding you. Okay. This valley is waiting for you. And I don't know what, you know, I was talking with, you know, about size and, and population and distance and so forth. This valley's waiting for you. The bottom line is this valley's waiting for you. This valley is waiting for you. It has your name on it. And it's not that, that everyone's just in, in disobedience. There's lost people here. Okay, they're just lost. And they're looking for what you have. And it's our job to step into the place of obedience and say, God, just use me, whatever you need to be. But what, we, what we're waiting for is God to say, here's the mantle, now go do Here's the mantle now. That's not what they, they even when, God, when Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fit. They didn't, they didn't say, okay, poof, you're a fisher of men. He says, follow and do what I'm doing, and then I'll, I'll be there with you. I'll be there with you during the course of that. Okay. 310, God was merciful to me, and he wants the same thing for you and I around us. So my question to you is, where is your Nineveh? Where's your Nineveh? Where is the Nineveh that God has sent you to? Where's the places that God has sent you to that says, these people need what you have? 
This church is a, is a place that you expand from and you go out from, but we can't just stay here and say, this is where I'm going to live and I'm going to go do my Tarshish thing every once in a while. No, God has a, a destination for you to go in different directions and he's got a Nineveh sitting out there waiting on us in different places. And it belongs to you. It has your call on it. There are, there are homes and cities and towns that has your call on it. And if, there's, if, if it's gotten to a place where like, God, I don't know what's been going on, but I, 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 I want to get back into that. That's a perfect place. Uh, the belly of a fish is a perfect place to turn around. Yeah. Perfect place to start over again and say, I, I want exactly what you have for me. But God will give you that grace, that dynamic grace to get back. So it may have been something that we were in disobedience, and there's a whole other side of this thing. It may be something that we were in disobedience and we didn't obey God the first time he's asked us, and he had to ask us even yet again. But maybe there's a place that something happened to us that says, I haven't been able to step into it because of that, because of something else that somebody else did. That hasn't changed God's plan for you. It hasn't changed God's plan for you. You No matter what's happened, God still has one more move in your life. There's always one more place that God can shift that piece and make it happen, even when it looks like there's nothing left. Even, when, even in our own personal life. And I'm talking about a, a personal commitment that says, I disobeyed. I got you. I, I, I confess. I did. Jonah's disobedience did not disqualify him. You and I's disobedience does not disqualify us from God's plan. It may, it may slow it down, but God's in the fast-forward business. It does not disqualify you or I. Think about that. I really want that to sink in for just a minute. Make this a takeaway from today. My disobedience does not disqualify me from God's plan. It may hinder what I have in store, and God may have to make some changes, and I may spend a little belly time on this. But it does not disqualify you. Because now we get in the place of where we have personal rejection. We have a place of, I'm no good anymore. I just might as well give this up. God's like, that's not what this is about. Yeah. I have more for you, and I have more for somebody else. So think about something. Is there a Nineveh waiting for you? Is there a Nineveh waiting for you somewhere? There are, you know the population of Nineveh was 120,000 people. I like numbers, right? 120,000 people. It says the entire city put on a fast, and the king demanded, we are having a fast. 120,000 people because of one man's voice were affected by one man. That could, that's you and I. Your voice, your simple voice. Said, hey, let me, let me show you what God's plan is for y'all. We're talking about Old Testament versus New Testament. I got that. And now we can express the gospel. We can express the kingdom now. But at the same time, still a type and shadow of what's going on in our town, what's on in our life. It, this is the time. This is a narrow window of opportunity. I'm not, this is not about being scared. This is the time. We are here. It's time for the accelerated expulsion. It's time for the accelerated moving forward time right now. Because there are cities. That even the Bible says, God says, I don't, that, that none should perish. None. None. God doesn't want anyone perishing. So our job now is to go find those people. I said this yesterday. You will never look into the eyes of someone God does not love. Never. You will never look into the eyes of someone God does not love. God wants them worse than you do, and he's asking us to be a part of that. That's why it's called a ministry. You see, God's not doing it. He's asked us to do it. He's given us the ministry. Read the scriptures. I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. Well, how do we have have that 
where do we get that ability? Well, the cross provided that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cross provided that for you. So you have everything you need. You have everything God has given you. You have everything you need for that ministry. Yes. Where is your Nineveh? Where is that place right now? You're thinking, let it click. Where can I have, where can I, um, have an effect? Where can the life of Christ in me have an effect on people around me? Where can I exclaim what God has done in my life? He says it went one day's walk, went 20 miles into that thing. We can walk across the street. Say, man, let me tell you what God's done in my life. And let me help you with what he wants to do in your life. What is stopping God's glory from being real? What is stopping us? What is stopping that place of where God wants to reveal that. You remember a couple of weeks ago, Pastor John was talking about the glory of God hovering in the valley. And there's like a veil holding it up, not letting it release. Remember that? It's just like hovering. It's waiting. And we're like, yeah, nice glory there. Obedience. I'm not going to taint Pastor John's story, but what I'm getting at is what I know. In Lee's life, what was preventing that, what was holding it back, was my obedience. My obedience to say yes to what you have for me. Yes for what you have for my family. Yes for what you have for my community. I, I did the jail ministry for eight, nine years. I love the jail ministry. Guys at their lowest. I love it. When there's nothing left, I'm like, dun 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 Jesus came to see you. We let the word expose. And I'm not talking about me. I felt like that was wrong there. That's not me. I'm just saying the word it came. The word in me came. Jesus came to see you here. Okay? That's not what I meant by that. All right. I love the place. And, I, and I, it's not a matter of, like, being over humble. I love the place of obedience. Because, man, God just like, let's go this way. Let's go this way. It's just, for nobody, it's just like a sweet dance. Yeah. It's just like a sweet dance. And, and we can release that glory mm-hmm. that is destined for this valley. Yes. There is a, he said it. There's a, there's a glory. There's a weightiness. There's a heaviness ready just to come down and permeate through the homes and through the valleys and through the place. Just come down and just saturate mm-hmm. your valley. It's waiting. My problem was it wasn't obedience. I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to re-preach it, but I'm just saying that's where I was at. What released it? What reached up there and just... Hold that zipper open and just let it flow, Lord. Let it flow. Three things I want you to remember, and we'll close behind this. Three things to remember about disobedience. Disobedience will take you farther than you wanted to go, 5,000 miles away from home. Tarshish was 5,000 miles. It will always, disobedience will always take you farther than you wanted to go. Number two, disobedience will cost you more than you wanted to spend. It will, you'll always be trying to cover it up. He'll always be trying to cover it up. He paid the fare to go the wrong way. It'll always cost you more. And number three, disobedience will keep you longer than you wanted to stay. I do not like the belly of a fish. I do not like it. It'll always keep you than you wanted to stay. The sum of our disobedience will never negate the sum of God's grace for your potential. No matter how much disobedience I can conglomerate, no matter how much I build up, it will never negate the, the, the vastness and the sum, the totality of God's grace for your life. You can never 
overdraw God's grace. We can frustrate the grace. I got a whole sermon on that one. You can frustrate the grace, but you'll never negate the amount of grace God has for you. And right now he's saying, you know what? You may have walked away from me. You may have gone the other direction. There may have been some direction you went that was outside of the plan that I, you know, and the, the guys were asking me in jail, so if God's got a plan for my life, why didn't he just do it? And, and, and this, is the, this is the analogy God gave me. It, it's, like a, it's like a book, and you got it on the, on the backbone of the book. It says, Lee's life plan. And I said, it's just like this. It's, he, God has a plan for you, but it's literally, it is literally our job to step over to, I want to be a part of that plan. I want to be inside what you wrote. And we're over here doing what we want to do, and there's my plan sitting on a shelf right there. There's the plan God has for Lee's life right there. And we're like, why didn't God do his plan for my life? He's looking for us to step over and say, I want to be in your plan for my life, and I want to be right inside of everything that you have. And they're like, no wonder it feels like we're living in the belly of a whale all of my life. Years and years in the belly of a fish. But remember, he expelled it. God was like, it's done. We're over. Out of this thing now. Okay. God, <laughs> I wrote this down. I said, God has prepared a whale of a way back into his plan for our lives and the lives he has intended for you and for his, and for his kingdom and for your valley. Yes. Amen. Did you get anything out of that one? Praise the Lord. Awesome. Will you guys give Lee a round of applause, please? Thank you so much. Good word. Good word. Awesome. Should I come stand up? Why don't you guys stand up? We're going to stand up. We're going to pray, and then you can be released. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. We just yield again to you we yield again to you in that sweet sweet dance of obedience mm. surrender knowing that you are good and you have the best and best for us and that god you can do through us more than we could ever imagine so we we just re, we surrender to you again thank you jesus we just thank you for every word spoken in this place today god we take hold of it say yes and amen thank you jesus all right, well, on the count of three, let's say Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world, and you guys can be dismissed. There's yummy snacks out there. I see a couple new faces are new to me, so if you haven't met somebody, please grab them, grab them, snack with them, and just make them feel at home like, um, like you guys do so well. All right, um, then I forget to count to three. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.